but there's a hot chick, so he has to stop and say, Hey, weren't you on the cover of Glamour magazine? And what love, what I love so line. much about this Classic is that this line. is a bunch of geeks sitting around in a room going, what would a non-geek say <laughs> if a pretty girl was there? Okay, guys, I've got a suggestion, but the Lord's going to have to forgive us pretty hard for this one. <laughs> <laughs> one time, my grandmother accidentally dropped a Glamour magazine out of her bag. I know it gets worse. <laughs> Awful movie. Movie. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because eventually you just get immune to the nipple clamps. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate right is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thank you, sir. And sitting to Heath's immediate right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, we're all in the same room. It's weird. Yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> pants. I don't know. He, look, he looks different than he does on chat roulette. It's true. Because <laughs> I'm wearing pants. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's, exactly, that's, exactly. that's the yeah, biggest difference. I think we've nailed it. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched Second Glance. We did. It's the story of a Christian high school student in the early 90s who wishes one day that he was never a believer. And lives out the plot from It's a Wonderful Life, basically. Except Clarence the Angel has no idea what he's doing and just keeps showing the kid a wet dream of hedonism and pleated denim. <laughs> Lovely. Seems like atheism is great. Or imagine if the ghost of Christmas future was like, yeah, so you just keep getting richer. Totally works out. <laughs> what were we doing? That's pretty much it. And Eli, how bad was this movie? If you've ever seen an after-school special and thought to yourself, man, this abstinence message makes too much sense, then you're in luck. Because <laughs> Second Glance is essentially a after-school special if everyone writing in it, acting in it, and I assume viewing it, was completely fucking insane. <laughs> That's the general gist that they're going for. It's so much fun. I love this so much. Okay, I got to be perfectly honest. I, I feel like... We started this podcast in the hopes that this movie was out there somewhere. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I feel like been, and it is. it's like the whole, my whole life up until now was just like a fucking Rocky montage getting ready for this goddamn movie. <laughs> they can stop filming the boyhood about no illusions. <laughs> <laughs> I just fear that it can never be this good again. Also, I think we should point out about this film that uh, one of the reasons why we chose to do it, it got suggested by Sarah, who's a listener, who messaged it to me and said, you have to uh, watch this movie because it's so terrible. But one of the things that we, that we should point out is that lately, the guy who made this movie from Cristiano Films mm -hmm. has been abusing YouTube's copyright policy to try to delete all reviews of this terrible piece of crap <laughs> that are currently on YouTube. So when I found not only that it would bother a Christian and that he would probably find out about it that we were removing this film, it became a must. We had to do it. Right, and this is the first time that we can really truly say, motherfucker, you asked for this. <laughs> you invited us in. We're like fucking vampires. We have power over you it's now. first official spite review. <laughs> There you go. All right. Well, in order to keep today's conversation fresh, we've had a, a, kind of an embargo on talking about this movie since we arrived in New York City last night. And I think I've made it about as far as I can without talking about this marvelous fucking masterpiece. So we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll break down all the cumtastic goodness of Second Glance. 
This film saw the beginning and end of many acting careers, so much so that when they hold their 25-year anniversary next year, some of them will envy David A.R. White for his success. So before we give this movie the thorough nasal fucking it deserves, we'd like to pause for a moment to pay homage to some of the careers that were lost. Blaine Pickett, who played Muriel, was born to two parents who clearly wanted him to drive a stagecoach, but followed his dreams of acting instead. (laughs) Despite his powerful performance in Second Glance, his IMDb page only lists one other credit as Ad Sales Guy in The People vs. Larry Flint. (laughs) Lance Zitron, who played Doug, the 26-year-old high school bully, went on to do limited voice work on The Angry Beavers <laughs> and appeared in another Christian film before getting his big break as the pilot in one episode of the TV series Head Cases in 2005. Because big break is relative. <laughs> that it is. For A.C. Slater. Denise Weatherly, who overcame not being remotely attractive to play the attractive character in this film, went on to never do anything else ever again. Or maybe porn. Sometimes they don't list the porn. <laughs> Literally... Every other actor listed in this movie never worked again. Not a one. If all but three of the actors died in a plane crash on the way to the premiere, the IMDb page would look no different. No, no. <laughs> only David R. White even has a picture. He's the only one with a picture on that entire <laughs> cast. Everyone else like, no, I'm not Google imaging no, this person. Don't. I don't have fucking time. <laughs> And we're back for the breakdown, and this movie's going to start off at 88 miles an hour, apparently, because even though it was made in 1992, it looks like 1971, both in <laughs> quality and in costuming. I like It blew me away that this movie was like made when I was graduating high school. And in ideology, because by 1992, <laughs> everyone should know that all the things they say in this movie are fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. Or maybe 1892. I'm not sure. Yeah, so weird. It's David A.R. White starring in this movie. Feels like he should be negative nine. And in fact, the first scene we get is someone sneaking into David R. White's room while he's asleep. And I just wrote, sneaking into David R. White's room while he's asleep. The Eli Bosnick. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen, G-Dog. Make it happen. You're not having wet dreams. That's not what hap- what's happening, David. <laughs> So, yeah, so we see, like, some broad-legged knee socks sneaking into his room. Apparently, his uh, his little sister is in the habit of going and turning the volume up on his alarm as a prank in the morning. Um, and uh, my music note here, by the way, is, how is the Pink Panther going to get through that locked door? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, if this movie is just 60 minutes of David R. White getting fucked, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Comes in with the strap on. That would be awesome. <laughs> my music note was... Sneaking up behind someone while I play this bass guitar. <laughs> they always notice me. <laughs> Although I do want to say, when she turned the volume up, the sound in the music went up along yeah. with it. That is the best sound editing we have ever gotten in one of those movies. <laughs> credit where credit is due. Um, so yeah, so he wakes up and it's too loud and he says like, Jenny! And apparently that's comedy. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet yet another Christian family at breakfast. Yeah. And he runs into the room and he's like, try it again and I'll fuck the shit out of you. And she's like, you don't have the dick. And he's like, try me. And they're just like making out on the table while the parents look anywhere but at them and like looking around the room like, oh, da, 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 da. Jesus. Starting me. to think we watch different movies. <laughs> So, but the important thing we're going to learn at breakfast is that Davey has a crush. Davey, I, I call him Davey throughout this because yep. it's David A.R. White, but he looks like Christian like, Zach Morris. I, I was going to say Corey Haim, but yeah. Mark Paul Gospeler. So- <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, so what we were trying to learn here is that he's got a crush on Tamra. Now, we're going to meet Tamra later on, and they're never going to explain why he would have a crush on her, but he's got a crush on Tamra. Yeah. And uh, David R. White gives us the classic MRA argument of he likes Tamra, but she's too he's too nice and women don't like nice guys <laughs> and he looks into the screen and he's like right Rushvi? right <laughs> am i right tamra's asking for probably it probably gonna have to also rape her. they named a character tamra right what what was that process okay quick what's the character's name tamra did you are you choking on a biscuit or was that the name <laughs> of the character name a syllable tam you next Ru- all right got it Done. Got it. <laughs> Guys, we're going to shorten Tamramlamlam's name to Tamra for the movie. Um, now that we know that Bill was having a stroke when he was naming that character, it feels only right to keep it in. So, going to miss you, Bill. Also, by the way, the entire conversation where we meet these parents is made of old-timey movie trope sentences. Right, yes. It's just like, I'm budget Peter Gallagher with grape juice in my mouth at all times. I'm a dad with a newspaper and a coffee mug and this voice. Anna... This is the shortest Anna's ever made it into a movie. She stood up about three seconds into this scene, said, this looks like the saddest episode of Saved by the Bell I've ever seen. (laughs) Right. And then left the room. (laughs) It felt like that throughout. Um, I also love there was a line from dad where like the, 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 daughter is, is uh, the sister's fucking with the brother or whatever and the dad goes that's enough comedy and I, I, I thought that was just a margin note was you know, the, the script doctor wrote something <laughs> on the side there that he read but I wanted it so bad for him to just pop in throughout the movie every time they tried <laughs> the joke and go that's enough comedy yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll do that we'll do that uh, in post it'll be awesome <laughs> So now we get him driving to school in his uh, in his little geek car. Right. He's got a little geek car. My music note for this driving scene is, If the lords and ladies are ready, the dance will begin. <laughs> <laughs> My music note was, Square dance in Sherwood Forest. <laughs> Prince John, the phony king of England. Mine was just, I wound it all the way up. And, uh, <laughs> so, just, I mean, by the way, was it just me or did his car sound like an armored troop carrier? Like he, that's what I wrote. I can't tell if that's a shitty car or if I just hate him. Cause I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know anything about cars, but I hate him so much. That's a bad car. <laughs> also, by the way, sorry. I had a second music note because they keep playing the exact same song in different ways. And my second note was, would you trade every day from that day till this for this music box? Mine was, uh, why are they playing the music cartoon characters March to War to? So. Yeah. My second music note is, the Duke finally shall marry. <laughs> so he gets to school and my first oh, note. First he has to stop and harass oh, that old lady. Oh, yes, right, sweet right, ass. yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird because we open this shot. Okay, so there's an old lady gardening or whatever that he drives by. And we have to just see that he's a nice guy who says hi to the old lady. But we open on this old lady's cleavage. Yeah. And then the whole shot backs away with the cleavage always centrally framed. I wonder if that's like Mr. Mrs. Cristiano or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, she looks so fucking good. And this movie's for us later. Use that trowel. <laughs> so, so then after he's nice to the old lady, we, we get to school and my first note when they, when he pulls up into the parking, parking lot is, oh my God, at the camel toe. Yeah, I wrote, wow, <laughs> vagina. And then I, I have a question for you. Noah, when did women stop securing their jeans inside themselves? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know because I was born after you. But like, did you all have a meeting and the ladies were like, this yeah, there was a there was a there was a belt shortage back in the early nineties, and uh, that's how they kept them up. <laughs> Needed leather for World War One, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> so so uh, our our hero shows up. What's his name in this movie? Danny. Who knows? Yeah. So Dan Danny doesn't matter. Yeah, Davy. Davy shows up to school, and uh, we learn that Doug is being mean to him. Uh, and Doug looks like Joey from Saved by the Bell. If all he ate for a year was just like a pick and mix candy station, they're just like, "Do you want some carrots? No pick and mix." <laughs> Doug looks like he's ready to murder some socias. <laughs> Doug looks like Meatloaf's rebellious son. <laughs> also, you wouldn't play catch either. You didn't mention that in your song. <laughs> By the way, is there a Joey in Saved by the Bell? I didn't remember a Joey. <laughs> you just made that up. And oh, so we get in this movie, like, at first I thought, oh, this is going to have to be the best line of the movie. There can't possibly be a better line. But after they get in, he's got he's got his buddy with him. Now, we'll talk about this guy here quite a bit, I'm sure. But he's got his buddy with him, and he, and he says to his buddy, he's like, I don't get it. Uh, Doug, like, mocks God, and he's got a great car, and he gets all the girls he mocks God and he gets the girls. That's not possible. <laughs> right. To which, of course, his buddy says, This is the best response. Man, Doug's got nothing if he ain't got the Lord. Oh, so good. But he sounds just like Sean Astin the whole time. Like, Potatoes. <laughs> oh, there are so many of those gems. I mean, like, I could... Oh. If I had, if I owned the script of this movie, the pages would stick together. So his reanimated corpse friend thinks they need to reach out to Doug and Christianize him, but Davey isn't so sold on that idea. Yeah. And then we meet Tamra, who shows up to thank him for helping her study, and she's 32. And she looks like the first in a Faces of Meth PSA. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a girl who tries meth. I get it. So Doug comes over and he's like, hey, are you coming to the party this weekend or do you got to stay in church because you're a loser? And he's like, I'm a loser. And Tamara's like, you are a loser and walks away. And he's comforted by his teacher. How? Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah, creepy old man comes up from behind him to recite poetry softly into his ear. (laughs) My note here is, am I crazy or did Jerry Sandusky's nerd brother just <laughs> sneak up behind a high school student and recite a love poem. Is that that's what we're doing? I okay. said, look, it's Tennessee Williams' ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I had Dwight Eisenhower fuck the pedophile from Family Guy. Yeah, this is Mr. Milner, and uh, we're gonna I like Ike too. <laughs> we're gonna learn all kinds of shit about Mr. Milner as it goes. But yeah, he's the pedophile that certainly fucked little David A. R. White uh, off camera. And uh, then we go in. We get into class. Now I should say, this is a forty-nine minute movie, right? The whole thing from start to finish. <laughs> it's hard to find. We had to go to. I had to go to Pureflix. Uh, we, we. I have a Pureflix account um, to find this one, but it's only forty-nine minutes, and about twenty-five minutes of the movie is set up. Yeah, it's know, also for free online. If you just Google full movie, there's a VO link of it that's totally free to stream. So oh, right you want to follow along at home. So PureFlix <laughs> subscriptions are even more worthless than I thought. All yeah. right. So now we're in class. Now, I, I should also note, too, that they've been setting up over and over again that there's a big test today that he was helping Tamara study for, and everybody's super nervous about that. Um, and I only, want, I only point that out now because they've been talking about that through the whole movie up till now, and now we get to the class, and they're not in the class where that test is or anything they are taking a test but it's a different test and they're not gonna let you know also music note for this scene simon has to riff until garfunkel gets the fuck on stage (laughs) 
I wrote, "Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be." <laughs> That's all we bought. That's yeah, all we bought. yeah, exactly. Right. So um, he stares at Tamara from across the room like a creepy dork. Um, and I, I wrote in my notes here that the soundtrack by this point, I believe, was about thirty percent Glockenspiel. Yeah. Also, mandolins that go up to eleven. Yes. <laughs> the other part of the music. Yes. And in this scene, Tamara's pants are around her fucking throat. She yes. Must, <laughs> honestly, I've never seen higher pants. It's quite disturbing. Did, did women have higher waists in the eighties? Have we evolved that part of our? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, Harry Anderson explained it in one of these movies that we watched. Just above the nipple until very recently. She looks like a cartoon character who got hit on the top of the head with a hammer, and and now she's just walking around inside her pants. (laughs) Oh, waddling hands. Yeah, right, right. And now, of course, we meet the much cuter girl that's really Christian and likes him, and it's the girl that he should be with instead of that whore, Tamara. By the way, I can't tell any of these females apart. Apparently, every woman in the 80s was just... Bright colored trapezoids. That's all I see. I see like construction paper trapezoids. And so the way, of course, that we meet this girl is that she turns to him and she's like, so how's the fellowship of Christian athletes going? Yes, because they have like a little Christian study group. Uh-huh. Uh, and his friend Todd, who, by the way, is the best response to why are there still monkeys I've ever seen, <laughs> just won't stop talking about him liking Tamra. And so we get literally... This same character says, cool it, Todd, 8,000 yes! fucking times in a row. I wrote in my notes, if Todd doesn't cool it, I will officially find a way to cross into the universe of this movie and kill him. I, I would they, guess, I'm guessing just based on his look, stake through the heart would do it. I think they couldn't decide on which cool it Todd to use because he crushed it on each time. So they kept all 15 or whatever it was. Shit. Yeah. So, and also, we should also point out that Doug, the guy who looks like Menudo got stung by bees, is, is hitting on Tamara. They're getting awful close and everything. And, and he just can't stand to watch it. Davy, I guess. And as Davy walks away, uh, what's her name? The, the best friend character who's the girl he's not going to recognize till the end. Mm. Very clearly <laughs> checks out dead ass on David R. White. She turns <laughs> and she's like, mm, uh. a girl could slide into that. <laughs> I'll make you say the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> so now we're uh, now we go back to a different class, and this is where we're going to meet. I'm sorry, what's this guy? Is his name Bo? Is it Bull? Is it Bull? Uh, it yeah, it, it's supposed to be Bull, I guess. And it, it, the bully character is Bull, really. <laughs> like teacher's name is going to be Teaching Teacher Face. <laughs> Great. And Bull is very clearly 40 plus years old. Like oh, yeah. everyone in this movie is doing their best. They're all 80, but they all look. Kind of like TV is generally played by younger people, but Bull is just very clearly a 40-year-old man. Like, his kid keeps walking up to him being like, Dad, are you done with the movie? Not again. Take the car. And we meet him. He's sitting in class, and he is davening with anger about something. (laughs) He is just rocking back and forth, livid about something. Well, and what he's so livid about is that the kid, the best friend from earlier, the kid who gave blood 23 times in a row before they started filming, is talking to his (laughs) girlfriend, and and he's getting super jealous about that. So uh, Danny... David R. White's character has to has to talk him down. Yeah. Are we going to get a scene where Bull cleans a gun alone in a bathroom? <laughs> David essentially gives Bull a copy of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Right, right. And the guy's only acting note had to be muted roid rage. Yeah. <laughs> Bull sounds like Peyton Manning, but with even more peanut butter in his mouth than normal at all times. 
They gave me chunky today. Yeah, so he talks, and so Danny talks down violent bully character by explaining the importance of trust in a loving relationship. I'm not making, that's exactly what actually happened. I guess Bull learns the importance of love or whatever, and so instead of beating up Ricky, the, the vampire in the daylight, he says to him um, from across the room, if I catch you looking at her, you're dog meat, pal. And I'm thinking to myself, he was already dog meat. You need a new insult. For this guy. And so then we cut to the, uh, the Christian athlete meeting or whatever, where they're promoting their Christian athlete movie. And David R. White is a taskmaster. He's like, all right, everyone needs to pass out these posters. And he turns to the wrestling guy who yeah. hasn't told the wrestling team. He's like, did you put up your poster? He's like, oh, not yet. And he's like, fuck, man, what are we doing here? Are we just fucking around? Are we just fucking around? Are we making a change, Brian? Or are we making a goddamn change? Trying to make the world easier for white Christian people in the early 90s or not. <laughs> so then we get out of this scene quick uh, when they, you know, all agree to meet back there tonight and pray about this thing, this thing being the, the Christian movie that they're going to show at school, at public school and then we and then we cut to lunch because we just can't get enough of this setup of him in his school day mm-hmm. and molly ringwald is there <laughs> yes yeah, very much so she tells him where he can find scotty now scotty is my favorite human um <laughs> scotty's opening line david a.r white he walks into the lunchroom and he's like uh hey hey molly ringwald where's scotty she says over there apparently we needed that scene so then he walks up to scotty and scotty's opening line is man i gotta tell you the bible's come alive for me i just can't get enough of it <laughs> my notes here are said nobody ever yeah, fuck you scotty right. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Which is great because David immediately responds by being like, sure, yeah, whatever, man. I'm going to search for pussy. Talk to you later. (laughs) Right. Can't enforce your delusions right now. Let's do that (laughs) Friday night. Yeah, yeah, right. He has to reschedule his uh, delusion reinforcement meeting with Scotty. And then he goes to walk away. And, God, I could just watch this on a loop forever. Scotty stomps him, puts his fist in the air, and he says, hey, Dan. Jesus, man! <laughs> Complete with the fist pump. And I feel, I think that was improvised, cause David R. White reacts with the horror of a normal human being. Right. He's right. like, Jesus, man. He's like, what are you doing? We're in a lunchroom. <laughs> Cut it out. Also, I just want to point out, Martin has so, uh, sorry, Scotty has so many questions that he might actually be Martin's dad from God's Not Dead, that Chinese kid. <laughs> I think I figured out the through line of all oh, the movies. Oh yeah, there yeah. you go, there you go. They all Pure take place in the all same in universe. universe. It's like yeah. Marvel. <laughs> Thanos is going to cover the Christianity stone. Oh shit! And so then we get to, we get uh, Camel Toe, the girl that he's got a crush on, getting a Pepsi, and he's trying to work up the guts to ask her out. Oh my god! And a polar bear is handing the Pepsi to, to Tamara. <laughs> Ray Charles playing piano in the background. It's yeah, ridiculous. I wrote, Go ahead. She's by that cartoon Pepsi machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> His friend's trying to talk him up right before he goes over Todd, and I wrote, Todd looks like he just finished a bender all the time. <laughs> right. And Todd's advice seems to be, hey man, don't worry about it. If she shoots you down, you can kill yourself or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it, yeah. So then he he comes up to her, and he's like supposed to be all nervous or whatever, and she's still worried about the test that they were all studying for together. Um, it becomes very clear very quickly, though, that he is in the friend zone. And by the way, do Christian people talk to each other with their pelvises touching in real life constantly? 
Because David A.R. White ninjas up into her space. That hey, Tamara. Oh, sorry. Is that your duodenum? I'll just ba- I'll back up two inches. I just had a question. Hey, I couldn't help but notice you have three feet of denim inside you. I'd like to join it. Was <laughs> the perfect opening line for? Uh, but unfortunately, he went with with the uh, gee shucks. Could you maybe if you want to suck if you wanted to put your mouth on it, you could, and I wouldn't mind, and that would be great. <laughs> and she um, says, "Are you trying to ask yeah. me out?" And he's like, "Ask you out?" <laughs> She's like, "You're so funny. You're so funny." No, not at all. No, not even. Aren't poor, you a never nude? <laughs> poor David or White. She doesn't realize that he's talked to her enough times in this dating sim and should be allowed to fuck her by now. Yeah. <laughs> I bought you all the gifts that your character likes. <laughs> so, uh, Rush V is loving this fucking episode. Huh? <laughs> so, all right. So now we're uh, we're finally to that fucking test that we've build, been building up for twelve and a half minutes. Uh, this is Mister Milner, the pervert from earlier. And okay, so and he's handing out the test. This is such a stupid line. He's handing out the test, and he's like, "Now I get to find out just how bad the American educational system." I'm like, "You're the teacher. <laughs> you were the one who's supposed to just have taught him the shit that's on this test. You can't bitch about the American educational system if that's you, <laughs> Captain. My Captain. All right, students, you fucking suck. Take this test. I wish you were dead. I hope you get cancer. Do you hear me, you dull-eyed apes? <laughs> I'm going to be drinking out of my thermos. It's not soup. It's not soup. <laughs> and, of course, the music note here is the Pink Panther is trying a crowbar now. <laughs> I had the music note is, Mr. Belding's going to notice what's going on if I don't keep playing this bass guitar. <laughs> my music note was, sneaky, sneak, sneak, sneak. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> By the way, Doug, so this is where Doug tries to cheat on the test. Mm-hmm, yeah. And Doug tries to cheat on the test by yelling, Tell me the answer, Tamra. Tamra. Hey, Tamra. Tamra. Say cheating words. <laughs> so, yeah, we, and we're supposed to get this, like, Mr. Milner, like, up at the front of the class. Like, he's really keeping an eye on it. He's no fool. He's been around the block a few times. But, yeah, he's basically waving a big fucking placard that says, what's the answer to seven? <laughs> he's got the flags that they use for folks. Smiggin. <laughs> 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 We're in the same room. I've moved my arms. But, so, um, <laughs> Eli's gesticulating wildly. It's hilarious. So apparently, okay, now I don't even know how this is supposed to fucking work, but apparently somehow somebody's got the answers to the test that they're trying to give to Tamara or something. I, I don't know. Anyway, we get the stupid, like, here's the cheat notes. They fell on the floor. Good Davey sees it and picks it up and tries to hand it to Tamara. And now it looks like he's the one that's cheating. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Mr. Miller catches him and brings him outside. And he's like, you go to the principal. I thought you were different because you're a Christian. He does. <laughs> what was he going to do if Jaime Goldschmidt got caught? <laughs> All right, Jaime. This is what your people I do. This. I ex- I was how, counting how on much gold time. can I get not to send you to the principal? What are we talking here? I know what you... Don't you you me down on this. <laughs> the real you gold. The, the, the actual line from Mr. Milner is, I thought you were different. I thought your faith had given you some perspective. This is the public school. I, should, I can't emphasize enough that this is not... They're not going to a private Christian school here. This is a public school. In 1992. Yeah, right, right. This isn't the 40s either, despite the hairdos. So then we cut to dad chewing him out at home. I guess he's gotten suspended and, and, and dad's angry at him for that. He's like, you can't just pick up pieces of paper, son. What if it had had a pussy drawn on it? You want to burn in fire forever? <laughs> 
by the way, David R. White's defending himself. Why is he talking like a Bugs Bunny gangster during this whole <laughs> see, like, It's a bun rap, I tell you. I was framed, see? DA's got a heart on for me. It's McCoy. And he's like, Tamara would like me if I were edgier, you know, like John Belushi with a perm. <laughs> like him. I wrote in my Shit. notes for the first of many times. Maybe they don't like you because you're a religious asshole. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, and that's okay. So that's this entire movie's uh, uh, effort here, right? The message of this movie is everybody doesn't like you because you're so awesome. That's why everybody. It's not because you're a pushy Christian jackass. Keep that up. That's what matters. Um, so yeah, but then he's he's complaining to dad that there's a big party tomorrow, and he's the only like person that's not going except for the nerds. And uh, his dad's defense on the nerd thing, by the way, is great. He's like, "Is Ricky a nerd? Ricky was the translucent kid from earlier. He is nerd incarnate." But the fucking way dad's supposed to defend it. Well, Ricky's not a nerd. He's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> And he says to him, hey, so first of all, he looks like Willem Dafoe who tried to get out of prison by faking AIDS. And he's like, you're not missing all the fun. You're missing all the sin. Yes, yes. It's supposed to really hit home. So he's pouty and decides that he's going to read his Bible to go to sleep. And I wrote, we're the part with the scorpions. That part always makes me feel better. Yeah, right, right. He, he, he does read Possibly the last page in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, the well, end. Exactly. <laughs> Any minute now. And then, of course, we get a little bit of our check mark on uh, Christian it. movie bingo when he starts flashing back to things that only happened a couple of minutes ago. At least it was just audio, but like in his head, he's thinking of like the last scene. Yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and this is so great, he goes, why do they get to have all the fun? I wish I was never a believer. And throws down his Bible. A believer. A believer. Right. Right. (laughs) And then, late that night, it cuts to the clock, says 348. I'm like, oh, please let him be beaten off under the covers. I I checked a bunch of Bible verses. Nothing significant about 348. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't even think of that. This is where Freddy Krueger kills him in his dream about Jesus, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) no, because fuck this movie. And by the way, the soundtrack at this point is literally wind chimes. I wrote, oh, God, it's going to be Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) Come with me. You're a demon. Um... No one's ever done that before. <laughs> Do you want to come to Neverland? Do you want to come to church? No. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I don't need my shadow. I don't need my... Keep keep the shadow. I'm going to fuck it because it's not a person. Fine, man. Do whatever you want with it. All right. It's cool. People just won't be able to see me sneaking up on them. It's cool. <laughs> I'm willing to give this up. <laughs> so then we get, oh God, it's so great. Oh, this scene was so fucking, every scene in this movie from this point on is so fucking good. So now it's seven o'clock in the morning and he wakes up as an atheist. <laughs> the alarm clock's like, life is meaningless. Beep, beep. <laughs> Wake up anyway. Beep, beep. Atheism is good. Christianity is stupid. Beep, beep. <laughs> and he wakes up and his bed is covered in beer cans <laughs> lamps a bong he's wearing a hat in his sleep there's, a bat backwards there's a crying seven year old girl who's got a sign like he raped me last night because there's no consequences <laughs> yeah. you can tell he's an atheist because he's dressed to go hustle Wesley Snipes at basketball <laughs> Right. Perfect. that's what atheists look like and he looks Shit. in the mirror like what's this 
super cool baseball cap. Is it part of my head now? <laughs> Is this how like I cover my horns? A Kiss poster that freaks him out, but it's like generic Kiss because they couldn't really use Kiss. And I wrote in my notes at this point, can we just review this movie every week? Oh, God, this was so fucking hilarious. And by the way, we're not... We're only very slightly exaggerating. They literally have him wake up and he goes to slap his alarm and there's beer cans all over his nightstand because he's an atheist. <laughs> yeah, he's got a belt around his arm. There's a needle coming out. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an exaggeration. But now, and I want to say, this is so unfair, by the way. If this is God's way of showing him what it's like to be a non believer, because he woke up with a hangover and I'm like, well, that's. You should get to at least be drunk. I mean, you like that doesn't. That's not how it works in the real world. Or e- either that, or maybe he didn't have a hangover. Maybe that was just hole in his heart migraines that he hadn't gotten used to yet. So, so then he heads downstairs, and <laughs> apparently atheists also don't clean up very well. Well, you guys are in the apartment, so you know like, broken clock twice a day. So yeah, so apparently, so he walks downstairs and there's just a pizza box from last night still sitting out with crusts in it. And you can tell, by the way, that this is like a very clean room around the framing of this shot. Like they tried to go in and put mess just where the camera was and no one knew how to make a mess. (laughs) Someone's mom was going to be so mad if they actually made a mess. So, so mom, instead of making breakfast, remember when she was a Christian, she was making breakfast, everybody was sitting at the table. Instead, he walks down and there's just a note from mom that says, hey, I had to borrow your car. I made you some biscuits. And he takes a biscuit out of this bowl and it's like hard as a rock because atheists can't cook biscuits. What the fuck are they trying to say? Without Jesus's love, you can't bake. <laughs> That's the real secret. Also, they don't take out the garbage either because the garbage is overflowing and shit. He goes to take it out. There's no room. Uh, yeah, holy fucking shit. This is what apparently, at least this Cristiano dude, this is what he thinks the atheist world is. And to be fair though, he is at this point in the movie accurately describing my existence. If you replace those <laughs> beer cans with just like power protein bars and shit, that's, that's my life. If there was a pug sleeping on his face, I'd be like, fuck you, Cristiano films. <laughs> Copyright infringement. <laughs> The Eli Bosnick story. I already have the website and everything. And now we meet his guardian angel, gay Kevin Nealon. <laughs> and here's the thing. I tried to think of things to compare this character to that is a better comparison to gay Kevin Nealon. And it's not physically possible. He's just, <laughs> he just is gay Kevin Nealon. He just is. Oh, my God. This guy, too. And, and I this guy was going for it. Right, like this guy honestly thought he was going to get like a Christian Oscar or something for this movie or whatever. And every scene, this guy is 100% going for it. He's got that whole like, um, you know what, community theater Shakespeare thing going on. Yeah, I wrote, what's wrong with his voice? I think he's saying every fifth word like Sean Connery and then the other four regular. (laughs) It's really weird. He looks like a sweater filled with cream of mushroom soup. It's like Zach Braff got fucked by a Hanes display. <laughs> also, his name is Muriel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote, yeah, I think the angel should have an old lady's cat's name. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Muriel, take your diabetes medication. <laughs> I have read the Bible way too goddamn much. Muriel is one of the fucking archangels. Anyway, so... 
<laughs> so, yeah, so Muriel explains that now he gets to see what the world would be like if he had never been a believer. God heard his prayer, and he's going to show him, and then the angel's going to get his wings. Well, you've seen the fucking movie. So now it's off to school with the sinners, because apparently Doug is now his buddy now that he's not a Christian. Right. Yeah, and the atheists are mean to the old lady who just literally gardens all day in case somebody drives by who's <laughs> yes. in the movie. Right. And I, wrote, Mrs. I think she used a racial slur as they drove away because they're like, whoa, what's going on? You coming in a party tonight, baby girl? Again, the entire shot's on her cleavage and she like <laughs> looks down to the ground and she's like, mother, spicadaros. <laughs> Wop motherfuckers, tell me. Should have killed you, kraut motherfuckers. <laughs> if I wasn't busy burying my husband. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Sliced that black son of a bitch up. <laughs> oh shit! And, and of course he was. So so they get to school and you know they're 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 mean to the old lady. They're everything's wrong. And as they're getting out of the jeep, they're like, uh, you know, all right, guys, we're cutting fifth period to go to the lake, right? You know, because they're atheists. And of course, Christians don't know how to get out of jeeps. Apparently, um, no, they do everyone not. in this. <laughs> David R. White looks like a mime doing his first attempt at being trapped in a box. <laughs> He's like, do I put I put both legs inside me and then I'll. Wait, I go through the bottom? Through the floor? It looks solid, but let me try wishing. And even the other actors in this scene are like, David, just get out of the car. Man. It's, not, it's not part of the movie. And he's like, oh, my penis got caught in the door handle. How? Where did your pants get off? I thought for friction. And he falls on his ass getting out of the car. And there's literally... A car- Seriously, this happens. There's literally a cartoon banana peel sound effect yes. when he falls out of the Jeep. Yes. But, yeah, right. If Dad Swing. had just cut in right there and gone, that's enough comedy, that would have been <laughs> fucking awesome. Anyway, so now, oh, oh, and then we also have to get him being mean to Vicky. She was the, she was the nice girl that really liked him that he should have been wanting to fuck the whole time. So they do the exact same bullying they did to him yeah. in the other universe to Vicky with no, like, changes. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, give her a wedgie. We'll see you in gym class. Oh, wait. <laughs> Cristiano, these lines don't work for this character. Keep going. <laughs> My little fuzzy man peaches. Oh, I'll make you wrestle. I'll make you wrestle. Mm, that's the Christine Athletic Club. Clickety clack goes the cellophane. <laughs> Say what you will about Dennis Hastert. <laughs> I will, yes. Um, so, uh, now Tamara shows up and she's mad that he didn't call her because apparently he's fucking, um, uh, Tamara now in this universe and she's a mouthy bitch about it. And she is desperate for the D. Like, oh, yes. we cut to them in class and she's like, let me give you a hand job during science class, you <laughs> asshole. And he's like, no, I want to learn. And by the way, like, what's up? Her face was so scrunchy. It's like a regular size head with a little scrunchy face, like an underachieving voodoo head shrinker got to her. It's weird. It would look like, yeah, yeah, it looked like she was sucking a lemon the entire time. So now he gets to school or he gets to class and he's like, hmm, where's Ricky? Ricky was the the fucking emaciated (laughs) AIDS buddy that he had earlier. So he turns to this black kid and he goes, hey, man, where's Ricky? Hey, only black guy with lines. Where's Ricky? (laughs) Well, Dan, I'm so glad you asked. He's in the hospital. And that's not the only thing that happened recently that probably would have been different if you were a Christian this whole time. (laughs) Here's a list of several more. But you already knew all that stuff. Why am I telling you this? You were there. Those are almost his exact words. Like, you already knew this. This 
script doesn't make sense. Why am I telling you this? I didn't realize you could Christian the psychopaths around you from beating people unconscious. That's, yeah, so that's what we're supposed to be learning here, that if he hadn't been Christian, then Bull would have beaten up his buddy and put him in the hospital. Now, what we're supposed to believe then is that if you're an atheist, you would never try to stop a bully from beating up your friend. And again, just because that's true of my life doesn't mean it's true of real <laughs> exactly. life. Exactly. Okay, Broken I, clock twice lawyer, a day. Exactly. My lawyer's <laughs> been informed about this film. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, also, but isn't that God, like, cause God's setting this all up. Isn't that God's way of saying, if you don't love me enough, I'm going to beat up your best friend? Right. But God has the same <laughs> MO as the mafia. Right. I got a certain associate who's a psychopath who might uh, see your friend in the way to the hospital if you don't uh, like my kid. Yeah. <laughs> like a weird preschool mom. <laughs> <laughs> and now we – oh, so of course he runs to the Christian fellowship class or the Christian athletes thing or whatever, which like this is so fucking stupid. Like you don't know now that you're – anyway. So he goes to the class where his Christian athletes thing is supposed to meet and now it's a sewing class. Yeah, and we know that because there's a giant <laughs> – Scissors, scissors on the wall. <laughs> Just a giant pair of scissors and some yarn on the wall. Like, they might as well have been like, home ec class, definitely not a Christian athletic club. <laughs> Just smeared eggs on the wall. Perfect. Uh, uh, and again, it's 1992 here. We, they come into the home ec class and it's all girls, you know, just to like 26 girls and a, <laughs> a woman teaching it. And yeah, there's ribbons and scissors. Um, so yeah, so apparently now this is where Muriel shows back up to explain to him that, you know, like, um, well, you weren't a lie or you weren't a Christian so, you know, you didn't start the FCA and now there is no Christian Athletic Association. And that's supposed to be our moment of, oh, my God. Muriel's acting note here was 1920s rapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> and so, then we get the single greatest thing that's ever happened to anybody ever. <laughs> You're talking about Mr. Callahan? Mr. <laughs> oh, my Callahan. God. Oh my fuck it. We could do an entire episode <laughs> do an entire on episode Mr. Callahan. <laughs> on just his appearance. This guy walks up just to tell him, hey, you're slacking in the hallways or whatever. But my God, I paused the movie here on Mr. Callahan and just sat there savoring this guy's physical appearance for a solid 15 minutes. He looks like someone crossbred a Chia Pet with Odd Job from James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he looks like they fired him out of a naval gun to get to the set, too. Looks like a kung fu hustle character ate Willy Wonka's blueberry pie. <laughs> he looks listen. like the crazy scientist guy from Waterworld fucked a troll doll and Miss Piggy carried the baby to term. Yeah, he looks like a surprised <laughs> Japanese man having an allergic reaction. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Paul from Cheers becoming supreme dictator of North Korea. <laughs> he looks like white Don King ate black Don King. <laughs> Holy shit, this guy. Uh, You know what? We're going to make that guy's image the fucking image for this episode. This Oh, he was so beautiful. Um, So (laughs) now we're back to lunch. And, uh, this, and this is so fucking, this is another like bizarre, like this is a 49 minute movie and they kept this in. Um, there's like an eight minute establishing shot for lunch, but no one's there. None of the characters that we're following is there. So then we go out to the hallway. We go out to the hallway, and there is Melanie, who we learn is Bull's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and Melanie is desperate for the D. Mm. You have – and look, good for Melanie, but she is – terrifyingly desperate for the D. I wrote later on in my notes, Melanie is going to uncross her legs in front of a bunch of cops. Any minute now. <laughs> Melanie will not be ignored. 
I, I gotta say, this is, th- this really fucked me up because Melanie looks an incredibly lot like my high school stalker chick. It was mm. like, I, I was really, I was getting a little nervous, like kind of backing away from the camera when she was on there. It was a very weird personal moment. But yeah, <laughs> she is begging David A.R. White to fuck her right there in the hall. Um, and, uh, he chooses not to for some fucking reason. I mean, really, we're supposed to believe that this dorky geek kid has the first opportunity to get some pussy and he's not going to go for it. Eh, this is an imaginary universe. universe. David White, even though he could get laid for the, cause she's like, come over tonight. My parents won't be there. Are you mm-hmm. free? And I wrote in my notes, Melanie, I'm free. I mean, I'll toss you one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what a seventies bush looks like in real life. <laughs> uh, it's on my tongue. It's back. Uh, is that denim too? <laughs> so now we cut to um, tastes like the top of a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut to uh, Mr. Milner's class where they're getting their test results back. But hey, wait a minute, Mr. Milner's not there anymore because David A. R. White isn't Christian. Well, I wrote Mr. Milner's a woman if he's an atheist. <laughs> God damn. He, he went ahead and had the uh, yeah. had the surgery. He yeah. was supportive enough of Mr. Milner's trans ambitions that he <laughs> yes, went ahead and transitioned. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so Mr. Milner retired because there were no Christian students to give him hope, apparently. Mm-hmm. And also, like, so because he's saying to his buddies, he's going, hey, where's Mr. Milner? I haven't figured out this alternative universe thing, even though I walked into the FCA and it was a sewing class. And Doug goes, uh, dude, did you smoke some bad weed this morning or something? There, Some no, there, because that's not a fucking thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it, when you smoke bad weed, you're just like, ah, oh, man, that was a regno. Fuck high. those yeah, teenagers. Right. <laughs> 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 fucking gave me drier stuff. That's not. Yeah. So I I love that they couldn't even find a person who'd smoke weed to run this script by. Hey, is this? Does this make sense? Is this what atheists would say? They put oh. heroin in it too, right? That, that's cost effective. The drug dealers they just throw heroin on top of the weed sometimes. Sometimes they mix spike your weed because it gets you addicted yeah. to other weed. And I don't know how any drugs work. <laughs> Oh, I just had a beautiful flashback in this moment to remembering and to thinking that was real as a kid, being like, they put crack in weed sometimes. That's <laughs> I kept how they buying get more weed thinking, man, I am not getting the right dealers here. I gotta buy my own crack. So, so now speaking of not understanding how shit works, now we cut to them cutting class. Now I've cut class a few times. Going to a mildly nice diner for brunch was never high on the list of things to do when I did. <laughs> Yeah, and they peel away in their Jeep like, atheism, (laughs) dude, read quotes from God Delusion out the back as we drive by. (laughs) God killed horses. Um, So, so yeah, so they go to their atheist diner where we learn that apparently in this universe, David A.R. White is fucking Tamara and Melanie. Atheism must suck. I mean, what what message are yeah. they trying to send here? It's well, fuck lots of girls. <laughs> I'm an <No>. angel. <laughs> also, he's trying. He's his friend. They don't know what it's like to fuck lots of girls or girls at all because his friend is like, "Hey, man, how do you do it?" And he goes, "Must be all in the wrist." And I was like, <laughs> "All in the wrist." What? <laughs> what are you it's more about the elbow you're I not wanna, making a finger I want to see you lose your virginity I want to be there when this happens he's like I thought the wrist would be more involved so this is also where we meet Mr. Milner in this universe he's a crotchety old bastard that waits table at the atheist diner and this character <laughs> right. actually bitches about the MTVs these days again it's 1992 yeah, he comes up to the table and he's like what do you want I'm a waiter now one star on Yelp mention me by name please I I pray for death. 
Fucking video killed the radio star. <laughs> also, he refuses to serve them based on a sincerely held religious belief. Yeah. This, this movie <laughs> was fucking movie. prophetic, yeah. So now we get to the his buddies dropping him off at home, and now his car is all fast and atheist, apparently. Yeah, look at that sweet ride. Fire red and with... Four tires. It's, well, it's a fucking Plymouth Turismo. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> matches my tangerine orange atheist shirt. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> this is where we find out that his parents are divorced. <laughs> yes, <'cause> because he <laughs> was an atheist. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. I'm like, are you fucking telling me that his fitness makes no goddamn sense? And then <laughs> again, this is how it happened to Eli. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So first of all, mom's divorced because he's an atheist, and she's running off to fuck Wes as soon as he gets home because, you know, divorced atheist moms ignore their children and just go run off to fuck people. Um, yeah, okay, I just want to point out, atheists divorce less than Christians and we don't think it's immoral, so fuck you hypocritical assholes. But also, this is where we learn that his little sister Jenny, the one with the radio, is non-existent. I'm like, oh, please tell me she was aborted. Yeah. <laughs> please, oh, please, oh, please. Please tell me there was, oh, you weren't Christian enough, mom got an abortion. Yeah. Now that you didn't Jesus all over the house, I just went to a Planned Parenthood and it was basically, you ever see me sit on a vacuum cleaner? It was basically <laughs> that, except I'm not trying to replace your father, I'm trying to substitute your father. Anyways, I'm going to go blow Wes in his pinto. <laughs> yeah, and of course mom is, uh, you know, tells him to have fun at the party because she doesn't care if he goes gets drunk because atheism. And then Muriel reappears. And explains that... It was his prayers that held them together. Yes. That his parents went through a hard time a few years back, and it was David R. White's prayers that kept them. So this is the message they're sending to children of divorced couples. You didn't pray hard enough. It's your fault. <laughs> that is the message this goddamn movie is actually sending to children. I also love when he explains the car. You know, like uh, Muriel goes, sweet ride here that you got. And he's like, I could never afford a car like this. He goes, well, you bet the football game's pretty good last year. <laughs> so they're also saying, well, also, if you gamble, you can afford a nicer car. Right. Atheism. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this movie? We're look checking like out the uh, statistics here, and it seems that atheists have more sex and money. How do we put a bad spin on that? <laughs> let's not. For... <laughs> let's not. We'll just show that, and we'll say it's bad later. <laughs> And by the way, Muriel can only talk if he looks away up into the right. Yes, yes! He cannot say sentences unless that's what's happening. And you have to be standing behind him to the left. That's also important. That's where the cue cards were. And uh, also, he looks like a male hooker who kisses on the mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, so the phone's ringing. He runs in to get the phone. Uh, Tamara calls him for four seconds. She says, 7 o'clock, I'll be waiting, and then hangs up. I wrote, is that a kidnapper? Was that his mom? (laughs) I'm into it. Either way, I'm into it. I'm okay no matter who that was. So he rushes out to go see Muriel and tell him, hey, man, I'm going to go at least get some pussy while I'm in this alternative universe. But now Muriel has vanished once more. And and also, he's apparently like 31 words into his statement before he realizes that he's not talking to anybody. Very clearly staring at where Muriel was. Hey, Muriel, I want to know that. Oh, he's gone. No, David, you look the other direction. Then you look back. It's unfucking real. And now we've got a solid handle on what the life of a non-believer must be like. I guess we need to take a break to chug a beer and divorce my wife. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. It's even better than Acts 1 and 2. I swear it is. <laughs> Noah. Noah. What, what? What is it? 
You wish to know what it would be like if you were never a believer, and now it's come true. Oh no! Is, is everybody okay? Are, are my parents divorced? Is, is, is my sister gone? Did, did, did the school bully murder somebody and somehow that's also my fault? What? No, no, I, I said not a believer, not this is the world if you were a dickle. Oh, okay, alright. So, 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 so what's different? Well, you don't hate fags anymore. <gasps> Yes, you do. (laughs) Oh, second glance. Oh, second glance. You put a tickle in my pants, the way your xenophobic rants are couched in family-friendly tropes. Every frame set me aflame and made me stand up to proclaim, when I hear this movie's name, my tallywhacker telescopes. I mean the genes? I've never seen denim tucked into a spleen. It'd be obscene if all your teens weren't in their early fucking thirties. What's with these clothes? Did you suppose gals' pants should touch their embryos? I've never seen such camel toes. Is that the outline of her herpes? This travesty so gladdens me, the Oscars might get mad at me, but I'm going to start my own academy just so this can be inducted. And the soundtrack like you found crack, then you smoked a couple pounds, smacked your head into the ground, then saw a glockenspiel and fucked it. And gay Kevin Nealon left me feeling like I was dancing on the ceiling, the way his unappealing dealing made not believing seem so awesome. And you implied that God decides to get involved when Danny cries, I wish I wasn't Christianized, but when kids are raped, he's playing possum? Your ostracism earned my jism when you implied that atheism is just blatant hedonism on the side of absent parents. Oh, Jesus, man, you had a fan the moment Scotty pumped his hand, and plus there's Mr. Callahan's trick cigar appearance. My man, me mano Cristiano, though your skull is filled with guano, you make me squeal like a soprano with his cinematic turd. I'm in a trance, and there's a chance we see the buddings of romance, for you gave a second glance, and I wouldn't mind a third. And we're back to the gift that keeps on giving, and we're going to hop back in with a 26-minute Davy White getting ready for the party scene set to Casio's 80 Glam Rock. <laughs> My music note here is, Diana Ross would slit her fucking throat. <laughs> no shit. I wrote, Little Mac's going to make it all the way down the West Side Highway. <laughs> awesome. I could watch David R. White get ready forever, just gently touching his hair and <laughs> face to try to be... Not already in hair and yeah. makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Should I dress like Charlie Brown or color me bad? Does it feel like a Charlie Brown day? No, color me bad. It it's was a color definitely me bad a day. color me bad kind of day. I think I'll dress like a porn couch instead. <laughs> <laughs> right. It might as well have been a fucking leisure suit. Yeah. Yeah. And more jeans high enough to think the mighty boosh is funny. Seriously, <laughs> I, I have never. They're turtleneck sweaters with legs. <laughs> So yeah, so now we get to the party. <laughs> Christian Corey Hames rocking his paisley button down. The world's ugliest shirt. Oh my God. Also, by the way, this is a small thing. On the way into the party, one one of the extras, did you guys notice this guy? All he has to do is walk into the house. That's his entire job that day is walk into a house <laughs> on camera. And he, he accidentally like just turns into a zombie at the last second. His arms are out and legs are out for no reason. They kept it. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. No, just walk, just, Brian. Fuck you. Ribbit. 
you know, of course, he's he's there for all the t- ten seconds before somebody hands him a a cup of the devil's swill there. <laughs> yeah. And of course, this is where we realize he's going to have some lady problems because Melanie's here and Tamara's here. Uh oh. Yeah, and Melanie looks like Yoko Ono's white daughter. <laughs> Melanie gave me fucking high school PTSD the entire time. Oh my god! Also, just a couple of notes on this uh, this atheist party. Here's mm-hmm. how you know it's an atheist party. <laughs> At one point, a dude reaches into the refrigerator, hands out a couple of drinks, but then also reaches into the the meat area, pulls out an entire <laughs> boar's head cold yes! cut ham, an entire the, ham. the whole thing wrapped, <laughs> holds it over his head like he found a kilo of blow. The party goes wild. Should I cut this into lines? <laughs> Who wants to get porked? <laughs> what well, is it is that you know that's maybe there's some Jews or there were some atheist Jews and yeah, some atheist yeah. Muslims there. Jaime <laughs> Goldberg from earlier is also going through this. Yeah, this is right. what happened. To you. <laughs> Never be Jewish. <laughs> oh, shit. Again, just because it's my life doesn't mean the movie isn't silly. I, I think our audience is going to be confused about how realistic this film is. So now we get like his two girlfriends meeting up at the party. There's going to be a bitch fight or something. And uh, Melanie, uh, you know, Tamara's like, how dare you? Melanie's like, I'm pregnant with his baby and we're going to get married. And I'm like, no, 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 you're you're an atheist. You can just eat that. <laughs> I wrote, Good thing you're an atheist. Just kick her in the stomach. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. <laughs> oh, let's talk about this at the top of some stairs. <laughs> it's like that fun pool prank, except it doesn't change your life. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, no, and th- it, don't it, make a code. At this point, too, she's like, she's like, <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> you wouldn't get it He's anyway. He's been hit by a car so. somewhere. <laughs> Just for us, everyone's this like, is, "Who's cool?" Yeah, right, right. This is it's kind of like the jokes about Luke's girlfriend. Yeah, uh, last week where <laughs> he loved them. He, he did. did. He, he did. Loved, yeah. Texted about. We're it. personalizing each joke to <laughs> listeners one at a time now. <laughs> We're on the seas. Yeah. Today it's Cody. Um, so yeah, so like, and then of course once Tamara storms off, Melanie's like, I'm not really pregnant. I was just saying that to get rid of that bitch. And I'm like, oh my God, she even has my stalker's tactics. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. She just said that. Fuck. She's going to jump out of a bathtub at you, dude. Right. <laughs> And then uh, David A.R. White tries to run after her, but there's too much wind resistance from his enormous silk shirt. So he's just like tacking and jiving slowly. <laughs> that glides off of a, of a cliff, <laughs> right? Suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and then Doug is going to go out and help him because he sees that his buddy is is in bad shape. But there's a hot chick, so he has to stop and say, "Hey, weren't you on the cover of Glamour magazine?" And what love, what I love so line. much about this Classic is that this line. is a bunch of geeks sitting around in a room going, what would a non-geek say you think, <laughs> if a pretty girl was there? Okay, guys, I've got a suggestion, but the Lord's going to have to forgive us pretty hard for this one. <laughs> one time, my grandmother accidentally dropped a Glamour magazine out of her bag. I know it gets worse. <laughs> And the lady on the front, she just radiated sin. What if he compared her to her in Jesus' name? Just the whole waiting room secretly praying in the bathroom as hard as they could. Guys, we're all out of tissues again. Yeah, it's because we've been writing so hard. <laughs> so, of course, our hero goes outside to find Tamara where she's all stationary and pouty. Right, um, and Tamara's like, 
I'll never live this down. Everyone's saying how stupid I am. And I wrote, yeah, I mean, that's because you're stupid. I feel like that's not on him. Yeah. <laughs> can't blame him for that. Right, right. And he's like, but, but Tamara, I love you. He's like, no, the only person you care about is yourself because you don't have Jesus in your life. And that's how it is. Right. Right under my nose, and I wrote right under her hooked bird-looking nose. <laughs> <laughs> and also she's like, you know, I don't care if you are, and this is her actual line, I don't care if you are the man to be around. She uses that phrase twice to describe him, the man to be around. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, again, what goddamn century was these were these writers from? Yeah, she apparently, also in this scene, she's wearing a jersey? <laughs> Uh, sure. And that's I, it? It's just like a football jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So this is where he realizes, too, that he only, she only went out with him because he's the man to be around, not because she cares about him as a human being. And you know how when you're getting your rocks off, it matters so much. Yeah, especially when if, you've never had sex before. Yeah. You're really, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what are the deeper connotations of this? Does she like me for me? I've never stuck my dick in something. <laughs> Yeah, and you're telling me teenage boys who will heat up a banana and fuck it would be really concerned with the deeper <laughs> levels of his high school relationship. You know what? I would I would freeze them sometimes. <laughs> I'll delightful. fuck a spaghetti squash, but does she like me? Like <laughs> you got to get it with the right fork. Yeah, right. Well, of course, of course. It's just proper etiquette right there. So now, so Tamara is through with his two-timing ass, but it gets even worse than that because now Melanie is calling Bull, the bully guy from before, who is apparently Melanie's girlfriend, um, or boyfriend rather, and uh, she wants to tell him that it's all Danny's fault that they broke up and that he used her and that, she, that uh, he needs to come to the party and beat Danny up. Right. And Meatloaf at this point is trying to comfort Danny, yeah. and he comes out and he's wearing... What appears to be medical scrubs. That's over, what I thought. <laughs> over a sweater. <laughs> I have his pajama scrubs. Yes. <laughs> we all called them scrubs. Um, and he's like, I gotta pray. Yes. And Doug tries to comfort him by saying, man, the girls out at the lake, cause they're supposed to go to the lake, whatever. Mm -hmm. Girls out of the lake make these girls look like sixth graders. And I wrote, so hotter? I don't get it. The, <laughs> I don't. This metaphor missed me. So like 29 years old? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, so then they head back into the party, and then he remembers that he was supposed to meet Scotty Parks to talk about Jesus that day, and apparently he still hasn't figured out this whole alternative universe thing, because then he starts walking around and going like, hey guys, does anybody know where Scotty Parks is? I was supposed to meet him today for some Jesus Jesus. And I guess, so he goes to his, his uh, Scotty's sister, uh, Molly Ringwald from earlier, and says, hey, where's Scotty? And she starts crying because, and I wrote in my notes at this point, Oh, please let it be because he killed himself. And yes, indeed. <laughs> Scotty <laughs> killed himself because he didn't have Jesus. <laughs> Again, if your friends kill themselves, kids, it's your fault. Oh. Because you didn't have enough Jesus. Holy fucking shit. And of course, my music note at this point is, the Terminator will shoot her right in the tech noir. <laughs> my, mo my music note here was, the boss in this water level is fucking impossible right. to beat. <laughs> Also, weird note at the very end of the scene, it's just a little thing, but young Noah with prom hair just grabs onto David R. White before he leaves, and he's like, hey man, you gonna hang out at the party? And then just, that's it. That's just it. We didn't know Noah was in these movies, but now you know what motivated our show. Trying to keep it a secret this whole time. I loved your blowout. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So then Bull shows up, and he's like, Burgess, because that's Danny's last name, say your prayers! Mm -hmm. Get it? Prayers? prayers yeah, yeah. And we learn that being prayers. an atheist doesn't 
stop him from running like a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote in my notes here, the music at 37 minutes, 50 seconds is all I need. I no longer need food or sleep. Just this music and sunlight. (laughs) I wrote, uh, MacGyver is going to lose at Tetris. (laughs) Also, Neo is having heroin withdrawal. It's all happening together. And so, like, so he's running away from the bullies. The bullies are all chasing him to beat him up for fucking Melanie or whatever. There's this great moment where he turns around and pushes one of them that's getting too close to me. Oh, or two, oh. and it's got like this whole it's like phenomenal. <laughs> it, it like the turnaround head fake dodge thing he does. He's yeah. getting caught, and then he stops, turns around toward the guy who's chasing him, and the guy's like, "No, man, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm chasing you. you. You have to keep go go no, left. Tag, you're it. Go toward the cameras. <laughs> tag, idiot. you're it." <laughs> Like the fucking memento guy. Can I all roll of a over a gun? No, not for like ten. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, why didn't he just use some of his ninjutsu? <laughs> Do you think when I grow up, my face will stop growing? No, man, <laughs> I don't think so. So now he's trying to. Okay, so he's running from these guys, and he gets to the church, and he's trying his best, but the church is locked, and he can't get in, and the bullies are right behind him, and he is such a bit. He's like, "Don't kill me! Don't kill me! I'll suck your dick! I'll suck your dick! You'll never have a blowjob so good!" And then the guy's like, "Hey, man!" Because he's snapped. He's no longer in that pretend universe. He's like, yeah. "Hey, what's going on?" And he's like, "I will! I'll coddle the balls! I'll swallow for like twenty minutes!" And he's like, "No, I'm just... Hey, this is a different universe." Now, please stop saying that, Dan. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> no, the, his honest lines, though, is when the bully shows up. His on, his actual lines are to cower down, curl up in a ball, and say, "Don't kill me, don't kill me." Those are the actual words that this guy fucking uses. That is amazing. And again, just because it's based on my life doesn't mean <laughs> this is all a huge misunderstanding. An anomaly. You can't base your life around him. So yeah, now he's back in I'm a Jesus or a world, and it turns out that Bull was just there trying to help him because he was trying to get in the church. Right. And Bull has this weird moment where he's like, hey, I want to talk to you later about who I should and shouldn't put in a hospital. It's confusing. <laughs> and David R. White's like, sure, man, we can talk about that later. <laughs> so then Bull takes off and Muriel reappears. And, and 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 Muriel is here because you thought this movie had reached peak insanity at this point. Um, he's also there because the McPoyle twins fucked Craig Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like Hannibal Lecter was a cartoon beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Would you like some wood? Or some, I don't know. What do beavers eat? <laughs> they chuck it. No, that's a wood chuck. <laughs> So then we get, uh, he goes, you know, do you still wish you were a non-believer? And he's like, well, I never did get a chance to fuck those two women, so I don't think I have a real, very accurate... Sure, sure, do you still wish you were going to get beat up? How'd you feel about that? So he's like, uh, yeah, right, and that's, again, that's what's so fucked up about this is that it's like, okay, so you get to see what all of the bad parts are. Like, you get all the consequences with none of the fun shit. I mean, even if that's going to be your angle to the movie, you have to let him get laid and get drunk before you give him hangovers and get him beat up for fucking the chick. That's stupid. Anyway, so then, but he's all excited because um, he says he says to Muriel, he's like, well, what, what about Scotty and Mom and Jenny? And he's like, yes, everything's back to the way it was. Uh, God will kill them later. <laughs> and uh, with Jenny, not as later as you'd hope. Uh, you know, right. Raped to death in the woods, actually. Both, <laughs> both tits hacked off while she was still alive. Terrible, terrible. Uh, good thing that rapist asked for forgiveness. I'm sorry, what were you asking? Something. <laughs> he also has this weird moment where, apropos of nothing, he's like, you can't have a relationship yet because you're not married. And he says, quote, 
you desire physical pleasure. And I was like, gross. <laughs> yeah. if, if I had three wishes, all three of them are not to hear Muriel say, you desire physical pleasure. <laughs> oh, my God. His whole, I think we've learned something today speech was so bad. I, I almost copied it into the notes verbatim. And I'm pretty sure the point he was making is like, don't you want a virgin to marry? Isn't that what he was saying? Yeah. Well, yeah He's saying, like, the Lord's actually maximizing pleasure with this policy. <laughs> yes. Dan's like, I, I understand, like, tighter. We're talking about tighter vaginas, right? <laughs> yes. Here, yeah. try and fit your thumb inside my fist. <laughs> you can't do it, can you? It's all about the wrist. Yeah. It's all about the wrist. Nothing more pleasurable than two virgins <laughs> fucking. Are you kidding me? You know and- how great you were at a cartwheel the first time you tried it? <laughs> It's like that, except you end up in someone's butthole. (laughs) (laughs) And she's not entirely sure you're doing it wrong. So, yeah, and there's also a little slut-shaming for Tamara here, because she's like, Tell me, Daniel, how many other men will you want the woman you have married to have been intimate with? Because Tamara is a used-up who. (laughs) My note here, Noah was doing it perfectly. My note was... Please stop talking like a dragon. What's happening? <laughs> and literally, I, I, t- I typed that in. I typed, in. I typed in that note. The very next line, he says, the lake of fire is yes! real. Yes! It happened in that exact order. I, was, I had to stop it for like 20 minutes. It's amazing. Oh, oh, man. No, yeah. Like I said, he was going for it with every fucking line. We also learned that Doug is a secret Christian now because of you. Did you know Doug reads the Bible at home because of you? <laughs> Just picturing Meatloaf. And then he be 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 I was surprised when he went there because I was sure we were about to get a like you know a your little factory speech about <laughs> masturbation after this. How but. many kids? I just wanted to. How many kids I bullied in high school that sat at home watching this movie that were like, yeah, I bet Eli's a secret Christian. Yeah, right. Now. <laughs> I'm just jerking off to porn. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's reading the Bible right now. <laughs> Honey, why are all these photos of Emma Thompson sticky? <laughs> Never mind, mom. Get out of my room. God. So, yeah, so this movie's primary message, though, is even when it seems like everybody doesn't like you, and even if they explicitly tell you that they don't like you, they're wrong, keep Jesusing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the message we're getting, though, because like everything about this movie is, yes, we understand we've turned you into an annoying bastard and we're stealing away all the social shit that everybody else gets to look back on in high school with fondness and joy and everything. And instead, you'll spend the entire time fucking thinking back on when you hid in the fucking shower and cried for 45 <laughs> minutes because you just <laughs> masturbated or whatever. Um, yeah, and, but, but that's okay because it all matters in the end. And just in case you didn't think this movie was going to go full-blown fucking crazy, Muriel's like, because... As you know, the rapture's coming soon. <laughs> and David R. White's just totally normalized by that. He's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, no, of no, course. yeah, rapture's coming soon. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. It's like it's it's like the tomorrow's Friday of Christians. It's like tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah, I think it's a yeah, it's Friday, Friday. <laughs> rapture's coming tomorrow with the scorpions. Yeah, 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 uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wait, next Muriel or next, 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 <laughs> the next, the next. And then Muriel Batman's away, and I wanted so badly for there to just be a crucifix orang stuck in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, before he does, though, he tells him that he's not even suspended anymore in this world because Mr. Milner figured out what really happened and God came in and helped him out with a problem that God didn't help him out with earlier, even though God could have. So now we're back at home in the morning. And of course, mom's cooking breakfast again because, you know, she's Christian. Mm-hmm. 
and Jenny's sneaking into his room again to fuck up his alarm. I wrote my notes. It's weird that the sister wakes up at 6 a.m. just to hurt her brother. I know it's supposed to be comedy, but it's a weird moment. Yeah, yeah. So it also, uh, it, 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 we get a great shot here of, like, cause it, it shows him waking up. We get a great little acne shot. Kind of made it feel like a prequel to last week's movie. Yeah. <laughs> right after this, the atheism, uh, takes over. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, loses his acne just like 30 years from now. It's cool. He's almost there. <laughs> he says hi to the old lady and he's like, Hey, Mrs. Whatever. And she's like, go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> I want so badly that character and the neighbors from Fireproof. They're just all atheists. That fucking Christian kid, I'm out here trying to bury these goddamn azaleas or whatever the fuck I'm doing in nowhere New York, and this asshole rides up in his car, surprises me. I fill my pants with poop every time he, he's like, oh, God, it's a little Hershey squirt. Ruined six pairs of granny panties this way. Go fuck yourself. Get to school. <laughs> And now we're back, uh, to the, to the Wraith friend, uh, who's no longer in, in, uh, ho- the hospital from being beaten up. And they're trying to save athlete souls for Jesus together like they should have been all along. And, uh, he says, Hey man, you seem like you're in a better mood. Are things going better with Tammy? And he says, Nope. Things are good with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. And then as though this movie wasn't filled with terrible advice for kids, kids that are getting beat up all the time, here comes another great one. When Doug shows up, he decides to challenge Doug, the bully, to watch his Christian movie. Yeah, super meta. <laughs> Doug, give the film a chance, okay? It's not bad. Muriel was sick, okay? We give him a bunch of Benadryl before every shoot. <laughs> Wait, what are we? Is the movie the movie oh, within oh, the? Oh, we, that, we got oh. the cast from Space Jam. It's a great <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> and also, like it, 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 in this scene, like when the bully's like, "No, man, I don't want to go to your stupid Christian movie." He grabs him. Right. He grabs the bully and says, "Make time." And I'm like, "Okay, um, that's that, like that's your that's your advice to the beat up kid. Then is to grab <laughs> the bully when he tries to get away from you and try to force your religion on him in public school. I love it. Yeah. Awesome." Um, Doug's going to make you eat your movie. Well, <laughs> also, he says, all right, I'll come. But if I don't like it, I'm walking out. And I wrote in my notes, flash cut to Doug walking yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but see, we know that he secretly jerks off to the Bible. The angel told us. Yeah. So he was looking for an excuse. Um, and then, yeah, so they have their little stare down over watching the Christian movie. Quite amazing. And then we have to get to Vicky. You know, he's got to go flirt with the good Christian girl. <laughs> right. You want to read some Bible verses and do some uh, over-the-pants stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, he says, the Lord is showing me some good stuff lately. And she's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, can I tell you about it? And she's like, that'd be great. And she sort of smiles. And I'm like, unless the Lord showed you that you have to lick back the hood before you work on the <laughs> You don't got anything Vicky's interested in, David. <laughs> well, say, apparently, that's how you wet Baptist panties, though. And what's so funny to me is that that, like, they seem so smooth with that. Like, with, when it came to an atheist flirt, they're like, dude, nice to you on Glamour Magazine with your boobs um but when it comes to a christian it's just like oh yeah no i think this is exactly yeah that's no that's that's how i wet my wife yeah so and then of course we see scotty right so Mm -hmm. scotty who killed himself in the alternative universe of course is back again now so david ar white walks up and hugs him which is kind of you know probably kind of weird for scotty and he says uh, Scotty says, I've got a ton of questions. To which Danny says, uh, God's got the answers. And I'm like, I think maybe it was like, why did you just run up and hug me in school, man? <laughs> like, this I mean, not you know. going to go well for the whole not getting beat up thing. Yeah, Remember, exactly. that's part of my plot line. <laughs> and then 
the movie comes to the most glorious close. I mean, this is right up there for me with like Usual Suspects was really good. The close for Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Seven Seal. Eh, you know, whatever. But holy fucking shit, the close of this movie. They do a callback to the fist pump Jesus man coming from fucking Christian Corey Haim, and then they freeze frame on it and it's run the credits over it. Tied it together. Yeah, and no one's notes at this point are in 36 font. <laughs> and impact, an impact font. I turned to impact and I made it bold too. I was so fucking happy. Okay, so the first time this happened in the movie, I shit, you know, I start, I stopped the movie, had to walk out, tell my wife about it, like bring her in, like you gotta see this guy say Jesus man this is so funny I've sent a note to Eli Eli hadn't watched the movie yet I'm like two words for you dude Jesus man and I, I like I fucking I, I, was, I was telling my wife I'm like if we ever needed just like one clip of a video to represent everything we do this would be the clip this was at the, the first time this came up the fact that they brought it back at the end I thought my god Cristiano loves me yeah. and I love him too this I love him this is my business too. card now my digital <laughs> business card is, you know you can make a Facebook video for your profile picture yeah. it's just Jesus man that's my name. <laughs> That's what I want. Someone make a clip of that for me. I will love you forever. Okay, so this is literally true. When this happened in the movie, I laughed so hard I saw spots. <laughs> and he might as well be doing like a gesture jump freeze oh, frame. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. That's <laughs> the Don't end of a fucking... <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And the entire credits roll over that the whole time. He's got the fucking smiley face look going. <laughs> Music I... note for the credits, by the way. The king is here! <laughs> My note was... I'm the prom queen at Rivendell Middle School. <laughs> I wrote, you just beat Zelda on Nintendo 64. And I'm also, I also wrote a love poem for this movie, which I will do every day for 80 fucking years. This was the greatest goddamn thing that ever happened. Um, and we also, there was also a closing note that I had to write down. This was, this was beautiful. So at the end of the movie, I think this is after the credits and everything, they tell you why they made the movie. And here is the, this is verbatim what, what Mr. Cristiano wanted you to know. We made this film to show you how much impact one person can have on people for the cause of Christ. In the world, we may be thought of as unimportant, but as Christians, we possess the power of the Lord and can be a tremendous influence in today's society, no matter what our talents. The true heroes... Yeah, you don't have to disclaimer. Make, yeah, you don't even have to be able to make movies. You can still make a big impact. It sounds like a fucking... Uh, what are those? Affirmations? Like yeah, he right. accidentally put this at the end? <laughs> In the world, we may be thought of as unimportant, but like we're actually... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. I got to finish it off here. The true heroes in this life are those who impact others for the cause of Christ. This is a success. This is living, and this is what will count for eternity. The only thing that can stop us is ourselves. Thanks for watching. That was beautiful. And then the uh, website, and I wrote, "You're damn right, I'll visit your website, ChristianMovies.com." Right, <laughs> Well, see, now I gotta be honest. I was so depressed when the movie was over because, like, I wanted it to go on forever. I thought about the 40 years of my life wasted not watching this masterpiece. I thought about how we've got five more vultures of horror and no more second glances. And I felt really, really <laughs> sad. But then Eli told me about the Cristiano film library. Also, I think this is on at 5.05 and 5.35 on TBS every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there is an entire library of films just like this one. And if you watch it online, you can watch ads for the following two that they made in the same year as this one. And they are equally magical. It appears the Cristiano Film Library is just David R. White going through all of the hairstyles from the 1920s up until the current 1992 haircut he has today. Yeah, right, right. The world's only 
It's the world's only hair-based time traveler. <laughs> One day my hair will catch up to present day. <laughs> the Earth will have to stop first, but yeah. So obviously there simply aren't enough stars in the heavens to give this movie the stellar scale it deserves. So rather than asking how many galaxies you would give this movie on a star-based scale... I want to close on a bit of a role reversal, all right? So I want you to imagine that you've just been tagged in your 11th creationist argument of the day. You spent an hour trying to explain that misogyny is only one of Richard Dawkins' many talents. You, you've been on Facebook <laughs> getting fucking group raped into a dozen new fuck Jesus groups that you've never heard of. And in your frustration, you cry out, I wish I'd never become an atheist. And the next morning... You wake up a believer. Now, obviously, we just learned that beer cans and sleeping in a backwards baseball cap are the secular tells for a theistic Freaky Friday. <laughs> but what are the believer's tells? How do you realize that you're a Christian? Huh. Okay. Um, I'm going to say my aborted sister comes back to life. <laughs> <laughs> How awesome would that be? Uh, I'm going to say that I can tell because I've duct taped mittens to my hands so that I don't <laughs> do anything about my mother. <laughs> Why am I wearing oven mitts? Do I sleepwalk now? No. <laughs> Shit. And well, that does it for our review of Second Glance. Like two glance. dolphins <laughs> diving against a pole. <laughs> He's doing a visual, by the way. I, I wonder how much we've missed not not recording in the room with Eli. Now he looks like chat roulette. <laughs> As I was saying, that does it for our review of Second Glance. But, of course, that's not going to do it for our episode just yet because we still need to give you a 166-hour tease. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? More than chance. Oh, good. Because, listen, we've had a lot of fun at some bad movies' expenses over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like now it's time for us to prove what terrible people we are. Yes. (laughs) This movie is about a little Christian girl in a wheelchair who wants to be a ballerina. And I am desperate to make fun of her. I, Noah's been holding me back for like a month. He's been like, no, we gotta wait until people like us enough. We gotta buffer in between two. People keep going back and listening to Loving the Bad Man and sending me emails, man. We gotta buffer these shows. But yeah, it's about a little girl whose father child abuses her into a wheelchair Mm -hmm. who wants to be a ballerina and her other side of the tracks friend finds Jesus because of her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. So, you know, when in doubt, make fun of child abuse and physical disability. I, I'm, by the way, I'm reading that off of an embroidered <laughs> pillow on Eli's couch. That wasn't. Yeah. My grandma made that one. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 39 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. I swear Heath's looking for that pillow now. He's like, where? I don't see the embroidered pillow you're talking about. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptic Rat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. And if you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the links on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard and earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Muriel went on to show the Jews what the world would be like without 9-11. Eventually, Sandra figured out he wasn't a mannequin and got the Mentos anyway.
<laughs> Scotty <laughs> killed the shit out of himself for being gay. <laughs> three months after he would have. For being gay. <laughs> Just a white on Scott Regular club, different song. 